NCC, it's so great to be with you. I am honored to be home. Um, I love you guys so much. Appreciate all of your love and support and your prayers. Um, as a matter of fact, some of you uh, have been tracking with us uh, in Baltimore. Um, I lead a church called Hopeville, uh, for those of you who don't know. Um, and uh, yeah, you, we got some information on the screen. You, can, you guys can track with us um, online. And hey, you can come visit too. Um, <laughs> So come, come hang out with us. We'd love to have you guys um, hanging out with you. Hey, shout out to all of you, uh, wherever you are in the world, hanging out with us online. Thank you so much for being with us, for tuning in, um, for listening, and for praying. If you have a Bible, love for you to meet me in Mark chapter number 10 uh, or device or whatever it is you use. We will get there uh, in just a moment. Um, can I share with you uh, one of my prayers? Um, I guess really kind of rhetorical question. I mean, I'm on the stage, so I'm going to share it with you anyway. <laughs> um, back in May, I had a birthday, and um, I just really am in a phase of my life where I'm just I'm, I'm thinking a lot more about uh, legacy and, and the future. And so I'm, I'm thinking about the next decade, you know? Like, what do I envision for the next decade? Uh, by that time, I will have, uh, God willing, two college graduates, uh, one uh, in college and then one caboose still in high school. <laughs> and so, uh, one of, uh, well, my top love language is uh, acts of service. And I love serving, I love uh, investing, and so I, I just started thinking about, like, well, well what is it? Well, like, what is, what, is my, what is my motivation? What is it is that I'm saying? And I, I said, you know, I, I really just, just want to give more. That's, that's, that's really what I want to do. Over the next decade, I really want to give more. And so I'm a little bit of a, a strategist. And so I'm thinking about, like, okay, so what do I need to do in order for that to happen? Well, um, I actually really want to give a lot more financially is, is, is really what I want to do specifically. And so... Well, you know, I, I probably need to pay off some debt, specifically this mortgage that I got just four years ago when I moved to Baltimore. So I'm like, okay, I'm doing a little bit of math, and, um, and I'm calculating, you know, what, what it would take to do that. And I'm like, man, it, this is going to be a, a significant level of focus that I need. If I'm going to do this like in a decade, you know, 10 years, um, it's going to take a lot of sacrifice for me to be able um, to do that. So I started doing a little bit of research, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like tinkering with stuff, and, and my wife is always teasing me about, like, how I'm always learning and always taking in information, and, and so I'm trying to, you know, kind of figure this thing out, and so, like, as, as I'm doing it, like, um, you know how the, the devices are always listening, right? They're always, they're always eavesdropping. They're always in our, in our business, you know what I'm saying, right? And so, and so as, as, as it goes, the, the algorithm is listening, you know, and so, you know, you start getting messages about, you know, different, different things that I'm, that I'm researching, and, and so I'm curious, I clicked on a couple of them, and lo and behold, a pattern begins to emerge pretty quickly. We can make you a millionaire in one month. You know, we can help you pay off this mortgage in just a matter of three months, you know. Hey, sign up for this free webinar, you know, sign up for this Zoom or this info session. Then you get it. You get the compelling stories and you get, you know, all of the things that have happened since I did this thing. And then there are promises, you know, uh, that if you just plug into this program that no one else knows, you know. 
right? And then, like, you get this, digest- this digestible, like, financial investment right up front by, like, 25 uh, add-ons that they don't tell you about yet, you know? And then when you peel the curtain back a little bit more, you start reading the reviews, you know, and the reviews are just, like, not great. You know, like, man, I did this, and this didn't happen, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's just like, this is trash, you know? And, like, here's the bottom line, and here's what, like, these people are really playing off of is, like, we want to get something for nothing. Like, we're really trying to do this big thing, and we're really trying to make this grand thing happen, but with minimal investment. And that's kind of like the way of our world, right? Like, you know, we, we want to try to get a little deal. You know, some of us live for the deal. You know, some of us are, like, really motivated by, like, man, if I could just do this and then I could get this, man, that's, that's great. And listen, I ain't hating, you know what I'm saying? Like, I get it, you know, like, we, we want to try to get things that we don't have to invest a lot in. And you know what? I mean, who doesn't like free 99, you know? <laughs> who, who doesn't like meals that we don't have to cook, right? You know, like, who doesn't like, like having uh, friends who have benefits that, like, we can just kind of tap into? They work for it, but that's my friend, you know? <laughs> and it's, we kind of, like, live life with this kind of, like, hack hustle and hookup mentality, right? This is, this is kind of how we roll, but it's, it's not realistic and it's not sustainable. Even though like the shortcuts and all of the little things are, they're, they're sometimes helpful, the cheat codes and all of that stuff. They're, they're, they're sometimes they're helpful, right? But, but here's, here's the problem. We live in this kind of world and we, we, we're, we're influenced by this kind of mentality. And, and I think that some of us have adopted this mentality when it comes to following Jesus. We've kind of got the hack and, and hook up and hustle mentality. And I think that one of the biggest challenges that we have to pursuing God's kingdom is a minimal activity mindset. I think that, like, we, we love the promises and we love the things that Jesus is talking to us about, but we're, we're trying to, like, kind of sort of get the hook up, you know? We're kind of trying to sidestep certain stuff. Man, it would be, be great to get the blessing of God and not have to love my neighbor because they do get on my nerves. Like, it would be great, you know, to, to have God's favor upon my life if I just don't have to talk to my enemies, let alone love them. It, it, it'll, just be, it'll just be great. You know, matter of fact, it, it'll be awesome. Like, listen, I know that, like, you know, we have to go through some things. And, like, Jesus talks about suffering. And, like, you know, can we just, like, do that whole suffering thing in, like, an installment plan? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we could just make a minimum, you know, um, payment towards suffering each month. And if we're feeling really good, we can do a big lump sum, you know. <laughs> that, 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 would, that, would be, that would be great, right? But it, it, just, it just doesn't work that way, unfortunately. And as we continue this series where we're looking at the life of Jesus and are walking through the gospel of Mark, you know, I notice 
the same pattern in Mark chapter number 10. This same pattern that I saw that the algorithm is, is showing me. I, I saw it directly in Mark chapter number 10. And here's what I want you to do. In your leisure this week, I want you to go back through and I want you to just read through the entirety of Mark chapter 10. And you'll, you'll kind of get the fuller context of what's happening here. But, but just as just some quick highlights, you got these people, these cast of characters who are asking Jesus for something. Like they, they want stuff from him. They, they kinda, they're they trying to get the hookup, right? And so you got the Pharisees, you got the disciples, you got um, these parents, and then you got a rich young ruler, you got a blind man. And so the Pharisees, group of people who are kind of like the religious leaders, and they're just a nuisance to Jesus. You know, they just, they, they really, they, 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 they just think that they know it all, and they're kind of keeping the religious order, and they're always trying to, you know, trap Jesus. So their question is about divorce. Like, yo, Jesus, like, talk to us about divorce, you know. And Jesus is like, yo, y'all don't really want to talk to me about divorce. Your heart is corrupt. That's what it is. Like, you don't, you're trying to trap me, and you don't really care about this whole, like, you're just trying to find another loophole, and you're trying to, you're trying to trap me. So just fix your heart. Bye. <laughs> then you got, like, these parents who, like, they want their kids, you know, they want Jesus to, to, to touch their kids, heal the kids, and, and the disciples and the people are like, man, get away. Like, you know, and Jesus is like, no, no, no. I, I, want, I want the kids. I, like, I, that, I want the kids. And so Jesus accepts the kids. And, and what Jesus is doing is he's giving us value for people who don't have value. Like kids in the ancient world didn't have value. So, so Jesus is reshaping this idea of who has value and who doesn't. By the way, side note, like these little pictures that we see of the little kids and they're propped up, you know, smiling and, you know, like they sleep. But, you know, like Jesus did that. Like, Jesus is the one that put value on kids' life. Now they're the center of our worlds. Like, that's because of what Jesus, he gave us vision for that. Then you got the rich young ruler. You know, he got a little money. His life is going good. He's feeling good. Man, I done checked all the boxes, Jesus. Like, man, I, I got, I, I kept this command and I did this. And yeah. so, so just tell me what I need to do um, to get eternal life. And Jesus is like, well, um, just sell all your stuff and follow me. I mean, like, bro was like, are you serious? And it says that he walked away sad because he had earned all of this stuff. He had gained all of this stuff. And he, Jesus asked him to, to, to give it up, to sacrifice it, to follow him. And then the disciples, specifically James and John. And let me just tell y'all. Like, James and John, like, told Jesus, hey, Jesus, will you just do whatever we ask you to do? Now, if you're a parent and you know if your kids say, listen, I'm about to ask you something, I just need you to say yes, you know it's ratchet. <laughs> you know that it's ratchet. You know that, like, it is not good for them. They know they shouldn't have it. You already know. And Jesus is like, are, are y'all kidding me? They asked Jesus, like, hey, Help build up our platform. Like, we, you know, we, we just want to be on your right, your left. We, we just want to be posted. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we hey, this our guy right here. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they're looking for a platform elevation is, is what they're, they're focused on their glory is what they're focused on. Almost all of these asks in Mark chapter 10 
have to do with things that Jesus does not care about. He doesn't care about these requests, with the exception of a couple, which we'll get to in just a second. But how often are we coming to Jesus, and how often are we bringing our plans, our desires to Jesus, our agenda, and say, will you just bless it? And Jesus is like, I don't even care about that. I, that's not even my concern. That's not even what I'm here for. Two exceptions. The first one was the parents who I mentioned. And Jesus is giving us vision for who has value and who doesn't. So he's like, no, I'm here, I'm here for the kids. And then here's where we're going to put some money in the meter and we're going to park for the rest of our time. This blind man at the very end of Mark chapter 10. A little bit different scenario here. And so here's where we pick up the story. And you can follow along with me uh, starting in verse number 46. Here we go. They came to Jericho. And so they is the disciples and this group of people who are following Jesus. Everywhere Jesus went, he had, a, he had people following him. So they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many warned him to keep quiet, but he was crying out all the more, have mercy on me, son of David. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man and said to him, have courage. Get up. He's calling for you. He threw off his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. Then Jesus answered him, what do you want me to do for you? Rabboni, or Rabboni, the blind man said to him, I want to see. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has saved you. Immediately he could see and began to follow Jesus on the road. If you're taking notes and tracking with me this weekend, I want to just use for a subject for this message, vision for a different kingdom. Vision for a different kingdom. One of the questions you might be asking, because I know y'all are very smart people. We is smart. Why did Jesus grant this man's request and no one else's except for the parents? I want you to put that question in your pocket for just a second. We're going to circle back to that in a moment. But, but I, I want to just, I want to highlight for us right now how Every day that we wake up, there is an onslaught of messaging, of vision, of agendas that await us. Knocking on our door, everywhere we turn, someone wants something from us. Someone is asking us to do something. Someone is asking us to choose them or it or whatever it is. And I love this quote by Ryan Leake who says, There are always people in your world pulling you towards their preferences. And before you start thinking about other people, that's you too. Right. <laughs> it's individuals, it's companies, it's political parties. Listen, it's even your dog. Right. 
who loves you but really wants those treats. And what, what, what this does is it messes with our vision and it, and it distracts us and sometimes even blinds us. And we lose sight or have no sight to what is actually significant. And then on top of that, we've got the pace of this world that is so fast. And what the pace of the world does to us is it, it creates, creates this false sense of urgency that, that speeds things up. And then what that does is it creates anxiety. And then what the anxiety does is it creates stress. And then what the stress does is choke the life out of us. And then for those of us who follow Jesus, you know, we, we often invite Jesus into our timelines our terms, and we have our vision that we have put together and that we are, we are working on. And we're blinded or we're distracted to the vision he has for us because he wants to give us vision for a different kingdom, not an investment in this earthly kingdom. He even says, don't store up in this kingdom like all of this stuff that you're concerned about, it's going to pass away. So I just want to give you three quick observations but before I get to my main point that, that I think encompass all of Mark chapter 10. And, and, and it was important for me to kind of to lift this out because I, I think that we, we need to understand kind of what's happening in the full context of the entire chapter. And so, so three, things, three things I want to just point out real quick. N- number one, if, if you're taking notes, We are looking for answers, but Jesus is looking for actions. Jesus, will you you give me this solution? Will you help me check this box? I got it all lined up for you, right? Just just stamp it for me. That's, That's all I need you to do. And Jesus is like, just follow me. Matter of fact, all of that stuff, just put that to the side. Just give it, just follow me. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 6.33, he says, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. That's like 90% of our questions every day. Just put me first, put me in primary position, and everything else will take care of itself. That's an action. The second thing that, that, that I see here as an observation is we're asking for Jesus' hand And Jesus is concerned about our hearts. Jesus, will you permit this thing, you know, this desire that I have? Will you you help me promote this this platform or elevate this this platform? And and, and all of these things, like, we don't realize it, but they begin to infect our hearts. And so we're asking for Jesus' hand to help us with this thing over here, but he's concerned about the infection of our hearts. And he's saying, listen, just follow me. And by the way, if you're following me, you you will begin to see that the heart you need to have is to serve others first and not yourself. Third thing, third observation here is we are making selfish petitions and Jesus desires 
sacrificial pursuit. Jesus, I want this promotion so bad. I want this platform. I want this man, this woman, this job, this degree, like this opera, whatever it is. And it's not that those things are bad. It's that we've, we've kind of made them a primary thing. And you know what Jesus said? He said, whatever you've given up to follow me, you're going to get a hundred times on your return. Listen, I ain't great at math. I ain't really, I'm, you know, this whole investment, I'm, I'm, I'm on the journey. But a hundred times, that's good. <laughs> I mean, that's way, way good. The problem is it don't look good in the beginning. The problem is that the upfront sacrifice is, is like, <laughs> that's a lot, bro. That, that, and some of us just, we have a hard time getting over that, that barrier. So here's the thing, as I, as, I, as I come to Bartimaeus, this blind man, you might be asking, but, but didn't this blind man want an answer from Jesus? Didn't this blind man want something from Jesus' hand? Like, wasn't this blind man making a selfish petition? Yes, he was. But, but here's the thing. He's displaying a little bit different approach because we can see his actions are just a little bit different. Compare, let's compare him to the rich young ruler, you know. This man is just indignant. He's screaming out to Jesus. He's call, he, the man is so loud and belligerent. They're like, man, come on, man. We're trying to get a move. He like, I don't, this, son of David, have mercy on me. He, he's displaying something a little bit different. And then we see his heart because he's not asking Jesus to check a box. He's not, he's not asking Jesus for some superficial thing. He said, just ha have mercy. He wasn't even specific. He just said, have mercy on me. We see his heart, and then we see his, his pursuit of Jesus. It says that he, he threw off his cloak, which would have been the only thing that he would have had. Matter of fact, the cloak is the thing that he used to collect money on the side of the road. He just threw that aside, and he jumps up to pursue Jesus. And, and here's the thing. What this man has asked Jesus for, Jesus came to give. That's the key right there. What, what he wants, what he's asking for, Jesus has come to give. And what does Jesus come to give? This is my main point if you're taking notes. Jesus wants to give us vision to follow him. This is the whole purpose for coming into the world to give us vision to follow him and establish God's kingdom. Let's just track real quick through the verses that we, that we read. Verse 49. 
Jesus stops in his tracks after this man is calling out to him and says, call him. And I love this part right here. The disciples and the people with Jesus, they say to this man, have courage, get up, he's calling you. And just like the disciples went and told this man what Jesus said, I believe that God has sent me here to tell you the same thing today. Have courage, get up, he's calling you. Have courage, get up, he's calling you. Have courage, get up, he's calling you. And some of us are in a condition and we're in a state that we feel is hopeless. We're in a place that we don't see a a way out. We are struggling and all he is saying is have courage, get up. He's calling you. And what jumps out at me next is Jesus' question, which is the same question that he asked James and John, who had a very selfish and ridiculous request. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? So here's the thing. Jesus is saying, have courage, get up. I'm calling you. Now, what do you want me to do? The disciples had a personal agenda. They were distracted by their glory. And we are regularly distracted by this kingdom and the glory of this kingdom and this culture. And so with with Jesus asking you this question, like, we need to be careful with what we are asking for because he's not, innovate, he's not interested in, in elevating ourselves, our platform, our glory. That's not what he's, what he's interested in. He wants to give us vision beyond these shallow requests that we bring to him. You know, both the prophet Isaiah and Jeremiah both say that many will have eyes and still miss it. You, you know, when you're trying to explain things to people sometimes, it's so clear to you and they just can't see it. They just, they just miss it, right? Isn't it frustrating? Like, how can you not see this? Right? This is Jesus' frustration his entire ministry. Is how can you not see? I'm trying to give you vision for a different kingdom that I need you to see. This is... This is the key to everything. And it says, and Bartimaeus' response is, I just want to see. And my prayer for myself and for you and for all of us is that we will see Jesus clearly. We will see his kingdom. And we can't see his kingdom if we don't follow him. We can't see what he's trying to show us if we're trying to figure it out on our own. We can't see it if we're trying to, to, to have a hookup and a hustle mentality about how we're trying. No, it's all or nothing. We got to be all in. Jesus said, go, your faith has saved you. And it's, I, I love this. Immediately, he gets his sight 
And it says he begins to follow Jesus immediately when he gets his sight. And it's also interesting to me, too, how what gets Jesus' attention is our faith. Notice, Jesus is on his way somewhere else, and he stops what he's doing to give this man attention. When, when, you, when we call Jesus, do we have his attention? Is, 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 he, is he motivated to turn and give us his attention? When we live by faith, there are certain things that we experience that are beyond us. And these experiences of faith compel us to follow. So if we follow Jesus by faith, he will show us some things that will help us keep following. And maybe we're not compelled to follow because we've got impaired vision. Because our focus is not on God's kingdom that Jesus reveals. It's on our own or it's on the kingdom of this world. Let me see if I can land a plane for us like this. Most of us have heard this saying that the eyes are the window to the soul. So I read this article in Scientific American. That's, that's basically an article talking about the correlation between pupil dilation and our emotional state. Now, I'm not that smart. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not smart enough to understand everything that was revealed in this article. But what was interesting to me is this, this whole idea of how our central nervous system is connected to our eyes, and, and that is what's controlling Basically, uh, a dilation or pupil dilation. And we know that like, pupil dilation is just it's related to light. And so the, the more light that's, that's let in, you know, the smaller the pupil uh, becomes because it doesn't have to work as hard. But, but then when there's less light, you know, the pupil expands, you know, to let it more light, it, it's got to work, you know, a, a, a little bit harder. Our, our eyes just don't, they don't work as well uh, in, in the dark. This is all stuff that we know. But... What I didn't know is that there's this direct correlation between pupil dilation and our cognition, our thinking, and our emotions. And so this uh, Princeton psychologist, some of you may have heard of him, is Dr. Daniel Kahneman. He wrote a book called Thinking Fast and Slow. And in his research, he says, pupil size increases with the difficulty of tasks or issues or, or just hard things that we're working through or we're, we're managing. And the moment there is resolution or we release it, the pupil shrinks. I, I find this very, very interesting because pupils also shrink when we let in more light. And we, we, we have greater vision or a greater ability to see when we let more light. I, I can't think of... A, Here's basically what I'm saying. When, when we let Jesus into our circumstance and our situation, because he is the light, he gives us more vision. When we release these things to him, we are working, uh, we're not working as hard because we, we, we've released it or we have greater vision beyond our present circumstances. But when we don't, we're more stressed, we're overwhelmed because we're trying to work it out. 
You know what Jesus says? I am the light of the world, and anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. This is why Jesus wants to give us vision for a different kingdom. Following him and his example helps us to both see and understand more his kingdom principles. This is not a minimal activity pursuit, but it requires an active posture, a posture that is opposite of the world that we're in, which is all about convenience, which is all about, hey, listen, you don't have to do this. And that stuff is killing us. The research is showing. It's, it's bad on us. So what Jesus is saying to us is have courage. Get up. I'm calling you. What do you want me to do for you? 